welcome you all to our Builder of Choice series. I'm very excited for this one. We've had a lot of fun getting this together. Um, today we are joined by Ed Hauk, who's usually with me on our Builder of Choice series, um, and Jeremy Nicely, Vice President of Home Building, and Ed Caldera. Um, so welcome to the Builder of Choice series, episode four, The Power of Checklists. We're happy you're here with us today. Becoming a builder of choice means a builder has established themselves as a leader in their market by creating and fostering relationships with their employees, trade partners, and customers. These are the builders everyone wants to work with. Builder of choice gives you the builder an edge above your competition. The Shin Group with the leadership of our founders, Chuck and Emma Shin, are passionate about helping you become the builder of choice in your market by focusing on tried and true principles. If you want to continue your learning beyond today, we have several programs available for you. Join us in one of our several live seminars, such as Managing for Profit or the Superintendent's Job. Visit our website, builderpartnerships.com or shinconsulting.com for the current class schedule and other opportunities. The Builder of Choice series will continue to cover topics that help you become the builder of choice in your market. The next topic is how to design your homes to match your customer's budget. Look for that at the end of November, first part of December. And we might actually be putting that into um, October. I have a date that might've just opened up. So keep your eyes open for that one. I'm Emma Jane here with Ed Hauk and our guest, Jeremy Nicely and Ed Caldera. Each of them has a passion for checklists and the impact they have on the home building process from documenting the process to managing quality and improving customer satisfaction. Today, we are sharing Jeremy's journey with the implementation of checklists in his organization from the beginning when he made the decision to implement checklists to the benef benefits his company has experienced as a result of being disciplined with their use of checklists. With that, let's talk about the power of checklists. As we discuss the topic, we'll touch on the checklist, help, how they help you become a builder of choice. So Jeremy, can you please share with us where you were before you took a serious look at implementing checklists into your build process? Yeah, I'm a great question. I think, uh, you know, for all of us that, that are looking to, to kind of make change or, or improve our business, I think, you know, we start to look internally, what, what can we do better? And I think, you know, as we were really evaluating, one of the things that, that we, we've prided ourselves on, but we had started to see maybe not hit the mark that we wanted was, we started to see some of our customer satisfaction scores slip, you know, our kind of home readiness and delivery uh, just wasn't meeting the mark that we were founded or as an organization, you know, some you know, nearly 20 years prior to that. And so, you know, we really started to say, hey, you know, what is it that, that we need to do to improve? And we really kind of put an entire, uh, you know, mission around how do we improve our overall customer satisfaction? And, and, and we worked with, you um, you know, a lot of great partners, you know, we, we, we partner with, you know, Alliance surveys, started getting a lot of their data, their feedback back. Uh, so we could start to really evaluate, you know, where were we potentially missing, um, uh, especially when it came to customer satisfaction, you know, and what we were finding as we were doing most of, of the, the research was that we just weren't getting our homes kind of complete, um, you know, for the customer movement. And, uh, and as we continued to kind of, you know, you know, peel back that onion, what, what we were finding was, is we just didn't really have a really good process of how we needed to get to that finish line. You know, um, so much in our industry had continued to change, you know, when it comes to, you know, labor shortages, you know, staffing, um, you know, finding qualified or, or, you know, kind of project managers have a lot of experience. And so a lot of our builders were getting to the point where they were kind of trying to make up that process at the end. You know, what do we do to, to ensure that the home is complete and ready for our customer? And, and because they were relatively green in their field, they started to lean heavily on our subs to make sure that they were doing their part right. And, and the trades were fighting the same issues we were. They, they were short staffed. They, they had a, a lot of green uh, trades in our homes trying to get them across the line. And so we just started to, to kind of just continue to unpack that. And, and it led us to, to bring Carol Smith in to, to speak. And, you know, we spoke to Carol quite a bit. And, and she, you know, she put a handful of things in place that, that kind of helped us. Uh, but one of the things she had mentioned is, you know, she goes through and she evaluates what checklist do your, do your teams have. And, and, you know, kind of, you know, unfortunately, we didn't have some great ones. We had 
you know, some paper documents that were kind of utilized, but we weren't, we weren't managing to it. And so uh, we went to a builder group, you know, one of our builder groups and Chuck was leading it. And I think I was in a little breakout talking to Chuck and, you know, kind of telling him that we needed to implement some checklists and, you know, trying to get that across the line. And he recommended the book checklist manifesto. And I think on our flight back from Denver, I was able to read the whole book because it was just, I mean, it was really hitting what we needed and, uh, end up talking to Carol again saying, Hey, we're really going to go after this. Do you have somebody that, that we could speak to? And, and she mentioned a builder out of Texas and we jumped on a flight from Richmond, flew down to Texas and met with a builder that was, that were utilizing checklists to, to a great success. They had seen huge improvement in their customer ratings and their warranty costs and expenses, uh, two big focuses that we wanted to address. And, and we spent two full days going through their program and, um, and what they utilize and they this that's how we got introduced to FTQ 360 and um, and how they were utilizing the software and and helping their team uh, basically get homes ready and, and complete for their customers. And so we took that and um, really started to say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, three or four years ago, I guess it's been now, you know, we kind of started that journey of of saying this is how we're going to here's how we're going to do it. And. And we've seen a lot of success from that. Do you want to, do you have a question, Ed, or do you want me to go ahead? No, go ahead. Okay. I, I was, uh, you know, so for everybody, I first met Jeremy in FTQ about five years ago, and I was totally impressed on the process. And as you've been doing this, I've really learned the journey that, that Jeremy went through to get this thing rolled out. So go ahead, Emma Jane. Okay. Um, well, we all know that people are <laughs> resistant to change. And this is a big change in your organization. Um, how did you get buy-in from not only your team, but your trade partners as well? And what kind of resistance were you faced with? Yeah, so uh, change is hard, right? It's one of the things that we all know that, you know, nobody likes change. You know, nobody kind of embraces it, um, especially a, a team of construction managers who, uh, who, who, who think they're doing a great job, right? And they are, they're working their tail off and, and You've got, you know, they're, they're managing so many things. So when you're telling, hey, one of the things we're going to introduce is uh, is a checklist to kind of help this occur. Um, and not only that, but it's going to be electronic, which is, you know, once again, a little bit out of, you know, what a lot of project managers like in the pen and paper. Um, we, we knew it was going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. Right. And so, you know, first of it, it came, it started with just transparency with the team. You know, hey, here's where we are at. Here's what our customer scores are. You guys see them. Here's what our quality looks like. Here's what they're rating us. Here's what they're saying. Um, here's their feedback. All that information we're getting from the third-party surveys, we need to rec we need to address this as a group. And you know, and, and it sounds simple, but one of the easiest ways is 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 going to be utilizing a checklist and a checklist program. And 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 to kind of help with that, you know, the checklist manifesto. The author has a, a great TED talk out there. Um, that I would recommend. We showed we shared the video with the team, and we said, "Hey, you know, at the end of the day, if if medical professionals who went to 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 school for years to become a doctor and to, to perform surgeries and pilots, you know, so many hours in the sky and all these other things, if, if they have to get into a cockpit or they have to 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 get into a surgery and they have to go through a checklist themselves, well, then who are we not to have something for us that to to produce?" Um, a product that that we're selling to our customers. You know, we we have we should look at it as the same obligation that a surgeon does, or the same obligation that a pilot does. Which is, you know, obviously theirs is more life or death. But this is the biggest purchase most people are ever going to make in their lives, and and we should be treating it that way. And we're kind of going through the process as figured out, you know, and and you know we're not setting you up for success. We recognize that and own that as a leadership team, and 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 we kind of ask them to take some ownership of that, you know, we're putting them in a spot that they had to try to, to figure it all out on their own in a lot of ways. You know, yes, we were doing training. Yes, we were following up. Yes, we were chatting about the surveys that came in. And yes, we were, how can we do it differently and things? But we just weren't giving them the tool to allow them to be truly successful to kind of go through it. And, you know, our team now has a, you know, it sounds like a lot, but they have a hundred point checklist that they go through on, on it for every closing, you know, for every quality inspection that they do. There's a hundred questions and some of them are real simple. Some of them are easy um, and some of them are a little more challenging, you know? And uh, so, so they have to go through that and, and fill that out. And, you know, you, when you're telling a project manager, 
hey, you're going to start something new and it's going to include a 100 point checklist. Um, you know, they weren't buying into it. But but it, like any change, you know, once they start to see the success and, and the improvement, it becomes easier. Right. And so I would say that was when we really started to see change occur is when we saw some of our team members that were being really successful who had bought into utilizing uh, the FTQ 360, who were really utilizing to make sure that they were communicating with their trades. That's when we saw it. And, and then, you know, for the trade base, you know, I think the biggest thing for them is, you know, that they want to get in and get out, right? And and obviously any return trip they have to make is an expense that that typically they bear. You know, every now and then they may hit you with a trip charge, but you know, they want to keep your business. They want to keep us happy. And, you know, it's our job to be the builder of choice to 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 not put them in that position to make that decision. You know, do we charge or not for that for that return trip? And and, and so what we found through through this was this was an easy tool to, to give to trades that they can then utilize not only for their own team, you know, what needs to be done. But, you know, the great piece with FTQ 360 is it takes pictures, it documents it. And so there's not a question for, the, for even the trade or the owner of the company to say, you know, what happened or, or whatnot. There's a picture right there that shows it. And so, um, you know, same thing for them. I think they love the idea of it because let's just be honest, they, they were spending so much time going back, going back, going back, that the moment that we told them that, hey, we've implemented this program, th this 100 basically item checklist that we're going to utilize at the quality inspection. And it's so that when you go out there to make whatever adjustments you need to make, if there's six of them, you know all six and you, you do it. It's not, hey, come fix this today, come fix that tomorrow. And, and that's kind of what we had gotten you know ourselves into. And I think, you know, talking to a lot of builders, um, I think that's what a lot of builders got themselves into. It was just kind of put out the fire that you saw for that moment versus stepping back and and ensuring that, uh, you know, we're we're taking care of our trades when they get to the, to the job site. So, so Jeremy, one of the one of the things that um, last we just talked about ahead of time, the, our superintendents are um, getting younger and younger every year. Um, one of the things I was impressed with was this digital format versus when I first started checklist for paper. Can you talk a little about the, how how that transition went from no checklist or maybe somebody had a paper checklist or is making a paper punch list to the digital format? Because I, I love the digital format, you know, but I think um, I don't think that a lot of people understand how easy this format is. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I think that was, you know, probably of all things for, for our team, that was probably the, the one that I think they were maybe the most concerned about. Because, right, I think when we hear checklists, especially digital, you know, we, we kind of think of this kind of long, robust, you know, it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of energy. And in reality, it's just it's a it's a great guide for our teams to follow. And you know, I think for them, you know, we're, we're a little bit different as a builder. We had always kind of been maybe one of the early adopters in the digital world. I mean, our team's been doing scheduling online for, I mean, years now uh, before this. So our team already had tablets in the field. They already had smartphones. They already had a lot of the tools. Um, but when it came to, to creating a checklist or creating a, you know, quote unquote punch list that, that our teams were going to follow up on, they, they went back to the, the typical pen and paper. And you know, it's the same thing, talking to them about the value of it, right? You know, the big thing for us is when we use this digital platform, we fill out that hundred, you know, that those hundred questions um, or those hundred items, those hundred checkpoints. In the matter of, you know, five seconds, our teams have already got builder groups created. They've got trade groups created. They can send an email to every one of our trades saying, hey, I just finished walking, you know, such and such lot and such and such community here's the quality inspection checklist that we have. And instead of them being on the phone, they still got to make their phone calls, but instead of having to go and, and find time to, to call 20 trades to get back in the home, they can immediately send that out. You know, the other big value to it was, you know, anytime we have anything pen and paper, you know, you're, you're limited to what your shorthand notes said. You know, I don't know how many times, you know, and, you know, like this goes back to the old school way, trade walks in. And oh, no the house and you know we're kind of shorthanding what we need addressed or fixed and you know the trade doesn't know you know exactly what it is that that we're trying to trying to address and um and in this case we're able to upload pictures and circle areas i mean the number of times you know it's adjust cabinet door well you take a picture of the kitchen and you circle the door that you want it takes a couple of seconds 
But now if my project manager is doing a walkthrough or meeting with a customer or in the office for a meeting, the trade doesn't get stuck and go home and have a secondary trip to come back. They know exactly which door you are talking about that was sticking or rubbing or whatever it may be. You now have that. Um, so there was a lot of benefit. And it's like anything. Once they kind of got used to to the program, um, that's what that that's what they use. And um, and I would say from a pen and paper, it probably I mean, this isn't scientific, but I would tell you it, it may take an extra 10 minutes versus the old pen and paper way. Um, You've got, you know, technology now. But, sorry, mate, but, yeah, but don't they yeah. save a lot of time on the back end and all that follow up and calls and all that other yeah. stuff, though? That's an Absolutely. investment. The back end, yeah, the back end follow up or even having to meet a trade or or what's worse, right? You go through, you make your entire checklist and then the trade, you know, uses it as his, you know, his dish plate for his cheeseburger and soda. He spills it. <laughs> now it's gone. Right. Now you're recreating it. You know, I mean, we've all had that happen in the field or. You know, the, the punch guy comes and he folds it up, puts it in his pocket, and then he walks off and forgot to leave it. Now, all of a sudden, your punch list isn't there anymore and you've got to recreate it. Now you just have it. It's 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 in our email. It's saved. It's on our server. At any point, we can go back and, and pull it up and, you know, whether it's hit print on another copy or email it to the trade or, hey, I'm sitting in a production meeting here at the office and my trade finally showed up. Well, here, hold on. Let me I'll shoot you a text or a screenshot of the list or an email. And it's it's all right there for them. Um, you know, it's just, it's utilizing technology to what it was meant to be, which is to help us be more efficient in the field. I have a quick question. Before, I have a quick question and sorry, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt too much, but there's a couple words that we talked about before that I want you to address as well, Jeremy, because I think you touched on all of these points, but I think they're really important words, especially when you become a builder of choices, accountability, transparency, and communication. I, and, and I, I feel like you touched on all three of those concepts in what you were talking about with the ability to have the digital format for your checklist. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for us, you know, somebody, you know, whether it's in my position or a director of production, you know, you, it's tough to get to every job site, especially when you're, you, you've got a lot of closings. We're getting into the fourth quarter. Most companies are really busy. It's hard to get out there and inspect everything. Now I get an email after every one of my project managers does a quality inspection, right? I get a copy of it. His, his manager gets a copy of it, so on and so forth. And, and I can at any point just kind of open it up and kind of scroll right through it and kind of see how we're doing. And I'm less concerned about what the score is. I'm more concerned about, hey, what is it that we need to address to make sure it's right for our customer? And so, um, and I can see the pictures. And, you know, it just it from my time, it even saved a lot of energy and effort because I now have the value of being able to scroll through and see, you know, the, the interior of the home, the exterior of the home. Our team does take pictures of, uh, all four sides of the exterior where they take multiple pictures of the interior, even if it looks great, you know, we want to take pictures of it. It documents it. Uh, we're extremely transparent as a company. Our customers get this checklist. Um, so we actually share it with them. We want them to know that we've done this, this checkpoint and, you know, some, some homes look better than others. They know that they're in our homes as much as probably we are anyway. So, you know, we're not trying to hide anything. So we're extremely transparent as an organization and, we give them a copy of it. We take pictures of model numbers and serial numbers because they've got to register their appliances or their HVAC system or whatever it may be. Well, we don't want them walking all over the house or crawling into an attic or a crawl space trying to get a picture of something. Our team takes a picture. It's it's saved in the in the file or the, the, the checklist. Customer gets it. They sit down to register all their appliances online. All they got to do is pull that document up and they don't have to they don't have to leave their desk to do it. They call into our warranty team. They have a question. We don't need to ask them to go, hey, can you go out to the garage and tell me what the model number is or the serial number is, and I'll help you get that scheduled. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll pull up the, the FTQ 360 checklist, and right there we have all those model and serial numbers. So we, we don't even have to force them um, to, to kind of go look for things. So it's just a lot of benefits that we've gained from it, from, uh, from you know, accountability, communication, transparency, all of that, that were just byproducts of, of going to this digital platform. And you had something you wanted to ask. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> um, the one thing that I really liked about the checklist and talking with you, two things is, and Emma Jane and I know Emma very well, our favorite word is, is discipline. Um, this really is a much more disciplined approach than just, uh, and I look at it as if I don't, and Jeremy you talked about this before, going to surgery, we, you know, we tend to fly almost all the time. Everybody uses checklists. 
this is a very much disciplined approach. And I like the fact that your entire team is using the same checklist. It's just not, <clears throat> I'm, I'm in a rush today, I'm preoccupied. It's a much more disciplined approach. Tell us a little bit about taking that disciplined approach and ha what impact it had had on quality and also schedules. One thing that drives me nuts is trades leaving not 100%. Now I can't pay them, it causes a trip charge. But when you and I were talking, I think the discipline, and I'd like to know more about the impact on quality and then the impact on the schedules. Yeah, so so we really started to track this. We kind of got our baseline. We started in, in really about 2020. We started to get a lot of our baseline numbers. And then 2021 was when we were to say, okay, here's here's what our starting point is for the for our scoring and our metrics and kind of what we're what we're trying to improve. You know, from a customer service side of things, we've seen huge improvements. You know, obviously checklists are a big portion. We we've done some other things too, um, but the checklist from a consistency side of things has made a huge impact. Uh, our customer service ratings have went up, have improved over 15%, uh, over 15 points. Let me rephrase that. Um, uh, so they've improved over 15 points over the last uh, you know, two years. Our, our quality inspection scores have, have improved, improved about 20 points. Um, our home readiness score uh, has improved over 20 points. Um, our referral score that's on the survey has improved over 15 points. Um, and we can cite a lot of this back to, you know, checklist with a few other items, but, you know, checklist was a big focus of this needs to be done. And uh, we transitioned our project managers don't do the, the customer walkthrough. Uh, our, our warranty manager does. Um, and our warranty manager will not do a walkthrough without a completed quality inspection. Um, if he doesn't have it, we'll reschedule the appointment um, because that means the project manager hasn't turned the home over to our warranty team to, to manage and so they utilize that, you know, one of the first things our warranty manager does is he'll pull the quality inspection up um, and he'll know exactly what's left to be done on the home. And um, those are the first items, you know, before a customer even comes into their to their walkthrough, those are the first items on their kind of homeowner orientation list. Um, they're kind of punch list that survives closing. Right. So um, they'll walk into it and if there's four things that are still remaining to be addressed, you know. They're the first four things, you know, once again, being transparent with our customer. It's like, hey, our project manager found this. We haven't gotten it done because of, you know, needing to order a product or whatever it may be. I've already notated that on our list for you. Um, so we've just seen, you know, from the customer side specifically, um, and I think their score more than anything makes the biggest impact. I, I can say I think our homes are, are, are being better built with better quality and they're ready on time for our customers. Uh, because I believe that because I can see it. Um, but it's our it's what our customers truly have seen and feel. And and they've told us that, you know, from from January of, you know, basically 21 to today, you know, our, our customer service, you know, score for home readiness and, and referral and completeness is is up nearly 20 points um in a two-year span. And uh so, you know, I think it's working just because uh, you know, our customers are saying it's working. So a couple of thoughts. One is you're using the metrics to improve, improve quality. The one thing I'm really curious as well is, is the referral. You're up, you know, 20 points. Referrals are worth two and a half percent. That's huge. So tell me how, how you're using, like paper checklists have no major uh, metrics. Paper is dumb as a rock. It yep. doesn't tell you anything. You get a loaded, you, nobody ever loads a list in and starts to quantify things. It's all by feel. Tell me about how you're using metrics uh, to increase quality and solve trade problems. Yeah, and I think this is, you know, for for our organization, right, we're, we're always trying to improve and it's like, what can we do better? And I think this is kind of that next evolution for us, right? It's it's how do we get even better? Well, now it's, okay, now we know what we need to do. We know the checklist. We know it's helping us. It's it's providing us the, the feedback and information we need to ensure our customers are taken care of. But how do we utilize this same information and, and get more preventative with it, right? And this is where, you know, really what I would say, and, and, and you know, kudos to, to FTQ360 is that information is so readily available to us, right? Um, if, if we continue to ask, you know, those 100 questions and we consistently see something, we, we can get reports, we can see that, right? Um, you know, there's about six or seven team members in our organization that gets a copy of this when it goes out, right? And we're all reading it and all reviewing it. And if I'm reading it, I'm consistently seeing the same thing, you know, adjust doors, for example, and it's on there over and over again. Well, 
we can then dissect that and say, okay, is that a community specific? Is that a trade specific, whatever? And then we can go and have proactive meetings with our trades saying, you know, consistently in, in this neighborhood or, or you as a trade base, we have to go and adjust a couple of doors, you know, prior to closing, you know, whereas maybe, you know, vendor X, we don't have that same, same challenge or issue with. So it allows us to then with our intent would be is to continue to, to hopefully shrink the, the number of items on our list. And, and we've seen that occur, you know, it, it allows our warranty manager to have some, some information to give to our, our production team. And we have our, our trade meetings with our, this is a tool we utilize and um, and we've seen it. Our, our homeowner orientation list, if you go back three years ago, was probably two and a half pages long. Um, you know, now we're if we get to a second page um, on a homeowner list, um, you know, that's probably a little bit more rare than it is normal. You know, and it's because we're, we're starting to say, hey, not only what do we need to find, but how do we. How do we make sure that doesn't continue to occur? And so we use this as a guide for our trades um, as a, a talking point. So so you're eliminating the the project manager's biasness, right? You know, of, hey, what trades are we challenged with? What trades are struggle? Whatever it may be. It, it, we have that information. We don't we don't we still ask them for their feedback. But it's now when, you know, there's nothing worse when you bring a trade into a meeting to say, hey, we're, we're struggling with certain things. And they're like, well, can you give me some examples? And then nobody can really think of an example, right? It's like, well, what happens? Well, well, now we can pull this out and, and provide this data to them. It's like, well, hey, nine of our last 10 walkthroughs, we've had to adjust two or more doors uh, or, you know, because of, uh, you, know, you know, in your community. And so it just allows for that to be a little bit more, like I said, proactive to, to ensure that, that we're getting out in front of it. So nothing helps more than data. I mean, you're right. The trades superintendents it, it falls back to super sometimes personality the personality with the trade the personality what they focus on what they don't focus on the thing i like about it is using this data to eliminate the personality but we always say that anything that's monitored will get better so you know i, I love this um one of the things that you know in my current life in my past life i was always we always tracked and monitored because referrals right now with the market being as hard as it is, some of those we're talking to, you know, the web hits are down, sales are down, you know, everything else. Um, the referrals have to be huge. Not there's the money side. So anybody who doesn't know what a referral value is, on average, it's about two and a half percent of a sale price on average. And you can argue that up and you can argue it down, but still twenty five hundred dollars for every hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. So Jeremy, from that perspective, is this helping you be able to sell uh, more confidently sell homes and sell your quality because you we talked about that before we got on the call about the quality and and delivering higher quality homes so tell me a little bit about how you're how how are you using this to improve quality and improve sales not to mention the two and a half percent referral yeah absolutely i think uh you know one of it is you know one one big item is for our sales team it gives them confidence right you know they know they're, they're I mean, think about it. If you're a sales representative, you're sitting in a model home and you're waiting for somebody to come in. It's like, well, what makes you maybe different than some of your competitors? Well, hey, at closing, our team does a hundred point checklist and we provide you the results. Right. That in its own self, you know, gives gives customers a little bit of a I would assume gives customers a little bit of a, an at ease that, hey, this company, not only do they preach quality, because I hate to say it, all of us, I don't think any of us have marketing out there that says we're just average quality. Um so I think we all preach that, but hey, what are we doing? Well, that's that's something for our sales team that, that they can easily hang their hat on. And then, uh, it, once again, it's probably not as quantifiable uh, as I would like, but I would say the number of customers that come and hang out and chat with our sales representatives and are are willing to showcase their homes, the the amount of reviews that we now get on whether it's a Google or a Yelp or or whatever it may be. Um, that's on the positive side of things um, has drastically increased, right? And I think when you're, we're all going into this this softer market, um, and I think that's going to be the difference maker, right? You, you, the, the people want to do what other people have done and are happy with, right? And so, um, and and you're going to be on two sides of that coin. You're either going to have a customer that's going to provide that that stellar review that you want, or they're going to provide the, the the one that you don't. And and the more we can get on that that stellar side. The, the, the more likely we are to close that deal. 
Um, and that's, and that's, you know, worth its weight. You know, you say it's worth two and a half times, you know, that's probably the quantifiable. I think it's almost, you can't quantify it. The, the amount of word of mouth um, that's out there, um, the amount, the, the ease in which people can share information with one Google post or one Facebook rant or one, any of that, right? Providing a customer a great experience, especially at closing, um, is critical for that referral base, um, both positively or negatively. So um, this has been big. Um, and, and like I said, it's it's been very helpful. And um, I know our sales team, you know, they they have definitely felt the, the benefits of it. Our warranty staff has felt the benefits of it. Um, so it's been it's been very beneficial for us as a group. So the one thing I we looked at, I looked at the list. Emma Jane looked at the list of everybody attending the seminar, the webinar um, today. Everybody on that I've seen is on some sort of a job cost system, and we rely on those systems to track our dollars, our schedules, you know, manage our systems, our, our selections, and everything else. But what FTQ is doing is really that on the quality side, really tracking everything. It's really the database and reserve for everything on the quality side. So you're using their reports and that information to generate all this information, correct? That is correct. Yep. Yep. Using and and we're using, and I know we're talking a lot about quality inspections because once again, that was where our main focus was um, or has been. Um, but I would say that, you know, we've utilized it for other avenues of construction. We've used it for foundations, we've used it for framing, we've used it for for a lot of different avenues, um, not just the quality on the back end of it. Um, and same thing, we're looking to continue to expand that. And mainly because, you know, FTQ has been such a great partner for us. It, when we first signed up, you know, basically what we got was a report, right? You know, uh, basically something we can utilize. We can modify it. We can manage it. We can do whatever we want. In a matter of seconds, I can add an item, remove an item, whatever it may be. Um, and that was all great. But now they have all these dashboards that give us information. And so there's so much more data that we can now get. Um, out of using, utilizing these checklists. And to your point, Ed, having that information kind of at our fingertips is what's going to allow us to continue to improve. And if we really want to be that builder of choice, right, at the end of the day, the builder of choice, what our trades want is they want to be able to show up, have the home ready so they can do their job, right? That, that's really at the end of the day, that was what that's they That's all really they want, want. right? Yep. Just and so, work. you know, we can utilize these. The, the nice thing about these checklists are, is that we can use these for for any of that. We could we can literally say the night before, go through and do a checklist and say, is the home ready for my next trade? We can click submit and or yes and submit and even go to the trade base. Now we're not per se doing that right this exact moment, but that's that's what this tool allows us to do, right? And as we continue to try to grow and, and get better um, as a builder of choice with our trade base, I can see so many avenues and ways that a, a, a program, especially a digital program. Uh, like this, that that will help with that and improve, um, you know, cycle time quality, being that builder yep. of choice, all of that. And at the end of the day, when you get into a market that, that starts to to soften a little bit, that matters, right? You know, um, so so we've got to we got to do everything we can to be successful, and, and that starts with what are we producing, providing our trades to to help us do that. So I have two more things for you. Um, one, what I like about this is, Jeremy, you know, at your level, you really don't get the opportunity to walk houses as much as you used to or like to. Um, this really gives um, the um, operations team a lot more security, being able to see that there's eyes on that job. Um, so you can comment on that. And I only have one other uh, question after that, then we'll open it up. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, one, you know, that was not the intent, obviously, when we rolled it out, right? But that has been, you know, you know, everything we do has an unintended consequence. Some of those are good, some of those aren't so good. And this was, you know, a positive in it is that I have so much more information kind of readily available to me, not only in the moment, right, to make sure we're doing what we say we're doing as an organization, as a company uh, for our customers, uh, but it's not just me, but it's our entire staff. It's our entire team right. can, can see that, right? And then there's, I mean, I hate to say it, there's the, the flip side, not hate to say it, but there's a flip side to it as well. It's like, you know, we now have so much information through those checklists, you know, and we have so many pictures now that, you know, if I get a phone call from a customer today that, that's been in their home 60 days and their sod, for example, has died and they're, they're frustrated saying, well, 
it was dead when I moved in. It was dead when I did my walkthrough and all this. I literally can go right to a checklist because our team takes pictures of the exterior and be like, it wasn't, you know, it's, it's, it was, it was put down beautifully when it was installed. Or I could say, no, you're actually absolutely right. You know, there was an area of your yard that was yellow and our team said, maybe it'll come back. Maybe it won't. Right. And it's allowed for some of those things to, to occur. Um, that's just been a very big positive. And, and really when you start looking at kind of that time suck that we get you know drawn into, yep. there's just so much information there for us um, that, that, like I said, we didn't plan on having, but it's been, it's been huge. No, I, I love that side. And I like how you said it was un unintended. Uh, after I first saw you guys, it really dawned to me how much more confidence as somebody who's not in the houses, every house, every, you know, every day, if you're lucky, you're out there, you know, twice a month, if we're lucky at a certain level. Um, so I thought that was huge. The other thing that I really liked when you and I first started talking about this years ago is that we, we did, I don't know, somewhere close to 15 superintendent seminars last year. And everybody's always raising their hand how hard it is to create checklists, how hard it is to create your scopes of work and all that kind of stuff. One of the things I really liked when we first started work, work, working with the FTQ team was the fact there's a ton of, of checklists available for you to download, use, recreate, or whatever. Tell me a little bit how you and your team developed your checklist to the level they are now. What are you on the system now, five years? Yeah, probably or five years now, yep. We're in that time frame. So, so tell me a little bit about, about bringing it online. Just give everybody that snapshot of yep. using uh, pre-made checklists. That was one of the questions that already came up. So I'm addressing that as well as my other question was really about you know, onboarding the system. And Emma Jane, and you talked about people hate change. Trust me, I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do like this system. So tell us a little about the pre-made checklist and how that helped you bring the system online. Yeah, so, you know, once again, you know, especially now, FTQ 360 has really done a, a, a phenomenal job of, I mean, they, they have so many pre-built checklists already there for you, right? So the nice thing is if you, if you were to subscribe specifically to FTQ 360, um, they have checklists already built. So the, the first thing, you know, for us, it was, well, what do we want to, to focus on first, right? And the very first one for us was, of course, quality, the end of construction. So that's where we started. And, and they provided us a, you know, kind of a rough template. Right. And, um, and it was, it was a good starting point for us, but it was, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 questions, you know, like I said, it was a while ago now, but, um, and we've just slowly grown it over time to what we have felt has been important to accomplish. Like I said, some of the items on there, maybe it's not that important to somebody else, right. To another builder, but to us, we felt like it was important that that was one of the line items or one of the questions, or that it be separated out from maybe, you know, just a generic kitchen or cabinetry one, maybe we pull it out uh, because we wanted to focus on it, right? Um, if our warranty team comes to us and says, hey, we're having a consistent issue with this item, you know, we're seeing it in our opinion, 50% of the time at homeowner walks, or we're seeing it at warranty reviews or something like that, um, then what we'll do is, is we can add or update uh, uh, that item to the list. So we say it's a hundred points, but you know, at some point it may be a hundred and two hundred and three if we want to add things, but it was, it was extremely easy. I mean, it's as simple as, I mean, the longest part is, is, is really probably having the phone call, getting everything set up on the back end of, you know, logging into the website, creating the usernames and all that. That's probably what takes the longest creating the initial checklist. If you utilize one of their just pre-built templates, you could be online in, in minutes. Um, and then you just go from there and start to tweak it. Jeremy, I, I thought that was absolutely amazing. I saw their checklist. Um, my background, for the, those who don't know, came from the field. Anybody in upper management position right now thinking about having a player new to your operation and is now controlling $20 million of your money every year, and it's all them on quality this has got to make you feel a whole lot more confident that your policies, procedures, what, how you want to finish a house is being accomplished. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. And not only that, I think you touched on it briefly, but you know, our, our, our staff, you know, and, and everybody's staff has just gotten so much, you know, I'm going to say younger when it comes to experience. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, a lot of our team members are a year, two years into this industry and, and it takes, 
couple of years for somebody to become really solid and seasoned to be able to walk through and pick up things. And what this yes. does, this is just that typical reminder from a training side of things. And what's great is a, as a manager, you can go through it a couple of times, show them how to utilize it. And then the nice thing is you can just let them go do it. And then you can follow yep. up with them or even without them, because now you have the list, right? You have the pictures and things and you could continue to coach and guide and train and lead your team. And it's just another avenue and resource that we have to continue to build our team up. And, and it's, it's funny. I mean, I've had trades ask, you know, how do they utilize this, right? How do they utilize FTQ? Cause they, they want to do that even for their own teams. They've got right. you know, field managers and, so they're asking questions like, hey, this has been great. You guys provide us great detail, but we'd love for our field manager to go through and do a checklist. Can it, you know, and it's and we've gotten them connected with, you know, specifically and, and they now use it, right? So they're set up. So um there, there's a lot of value, there's a lot of power in in, in having this stuff right at our, our fingertips and it's so easy to use. Um, you know, it, now that we're on it, I, I don't know why we would have never not had something, you know, some type of checklist program like this. Jeremy, one of my favorite parts about this being an old production manager, you know, so you got a production manager, 20, 30, whatever years of experience. And we have a bunch of people in the industry, two years. I just don't know why you wouldn't leverage that that knowledge um, from your your higher up team and make sure everybody's doing it. Um, the, you know, I just love that part. We're through the questions and you know, that we had pre-prepared um, before this. I'm going to turn things back over to Emma Jane. She's got a couple other questions as follow-up. And by the way, anybody else is still on. If you have any questions, we got a few more minutes that we'll hang on. Um, it's a great, powerful tool. Uh, as you can tell, the fact that I like making sure everybody in the field has got that, you know, the, the, that tool. We talk about the scope of work, you know, and all the rest of the tools these guys have. This is, this is, the, this is actually closing that loop making sure, sure superintendents have the proper tools to give you the quality that you want. Hey, Jeremy, Jane? I, got, I got one last question uh, from my standpoint. How important was it for you to read that uh, checklist manifesto? And did you share that with your management team as you started this journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was against checklists because I think when we started hearing, especially talking to Carol, she's such a guru and stuff. And when she was explaining it, I think there was a, yes, we need to do that. Right. But it was kind of like, yeah, we need to do that. But in reading that, the book um, and digging into, you know, kind of the, the research and the information provided, uh, it became at that point, you know, almost in around in a way, why haven't we done this? Right. And, and now, I mean, you go to any doctor's appointment, you go to any surgery, you go to almost anything right now, you literally, you can literally see the checklist, right? You know, usually they have it right there. The nurse has it and they're checking through it. You, you know, we all know if you've gotten on a flight, you all know that they're going through those. You see the flaps moving, you see the, you know, they're, they're checking all these things, right? And so, you know, once again, two of the most critical probably professions, you know, when it at least comes to safety for us, uh, if they're utilizing it, you know, experts in their field, I mean, I would definitely say somebody that's, <laughs> you know, been in the industry for a year and is expected to build a, you know, half a million dollar home for somebody, they probably should have some type of tool. So yeah, the book, you know, the book was probably the, maybe the massive shove off the cliff to finally move forward with it. Right. It was uh, um, kind of a no brainer. Like I said, the Ted talk was great. The book is, is 10 times better. So definitely recommend, you know, getting online and finding a way to download the copy of uh, you know checklist manifesto. It, it, it was really good. It has nothing to do with our industry. Nothing. It has <laughs> it, it has uh, medical and air, airplanes. Yeah, yeah. A little bit about engineering, but uh, <laughs> that's about it. So, but yeah, no, it's a it, it's a great book. So, if, if anybody's kind of thinking, you know, it's kind of on the webinar, thinking about it, and they're 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 questioning somebody like me out of Richmond, uh, read the book. He's significantly brighter than I am. Uh, and if you read that, it'll all make sense on why you need to, to, to start putting a checklist together. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I don't have any questions brought in, but I do want to invite Ed to, to speak a little bit because I know one of the things we talked about when we were talking as a group was the collaboration you had working with Ed to even fine tune FTQ 360, the tool itself, 
and some of the feedback and the conversation that would go on between the two of you. And Ed, would you share a little bit about that and how you've used the um, feedback from builders like Jeremy to um, improve your tool? And he, as he's looking for the uh, mute. <laughs> <Looking> <laughs> there for we the go. Mute button there. Yeah. Well, uh, we we have a background in uh, quality in construction and home building in particular also because, well, I was the director of quality for NAHB for about 10 years. So it was really just the, the convergence back with Jeremy and his team about what was going on. And JC is uh, an important part of that whole process that we went through. So we just... Um, tried to provide some direction, but it was really just opportunities to do what Jeremy wanted to do and what his team wanted to do. And so we would weigh in occasionally uh, on some of the things and show them different methods that are possibilities. And really they led their own way to where they are right where they are right now. So we do have a lot, a lot of checklists that just makes it more of a plug and play uh, so, sort of thing. And I think that anybody who's actually thinking about this now is, is, is much more of a turnkey process than what you went through, Jeremy, right now, just because of the virtue of how it's matured over the years. And the, the second thing is, is with um, building builder partnerships. I mean, that whole team is oriented to helping their companies get to build better companies. And they know FTQ 360. We're kind of like, the, we're powered by FTQ 360, but they're really uh, the ones with the knowledge about what it really takes to implement a quality system and get to basically the same place that uh, Jeremy's at or whatever place that they actually want to be. But everyone, is, I can just tell from experience, is that it's not cookie cutter, okay? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of tools that get used in some of the same ways, but everyone really ends up with their own experience and their own journey towards uh, a, you know, a very top-notch quality company. So kudos to you, Jeremy, for the path that you took. And Ed, <laughs> kudos to you too, because I must have thousands of checklists that builders have done over the years as as samples and and it's really nice to have what you're doing with the checklist and really formalizing the process yeah it's a, it's, it's fun uh there's a certain amount of um satisfaction that one gets from moving their companies forward uh, that's kind of like what my motivation is for actually quality and construction and uh, Jeremy, I hope that uh, you found it kind of like a satisfying personally for your own experience about leading your company in this direction, too. So what do you think about that? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, anytime you set a goal, write a mission around something, you start to see the improvement, right? Um, you know, it's the pride you feel, right? And I think that that's what we want. You know, you know, I, I, I wear the Stylecraft badge proudly. And so when we walk in our communities, you know, I want people, I want to be proud of that, right? So does our team. And so this is 100% seeing it go from what it was to what it is today um, when it comes to you know, specifically the quality side and referral side. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of pride and that's been, that's taken place. Yeah. And I look forward to working with you, Ed, on, on moving your checklist to other areas of, of home building companies. Uh, not just the, the actual product, but more into systems, processes, and ways of doing stuff. Well, it's kind of interesting. I uh, just like to share with the you know, with the wider group who's uh, on the call here is that um, we have some of our checklists, and as you know, that uh, building partnerships has their own uh, perspective on things. You know, accountability. Uh, quality, first-time quality orientation, and they are developing their own set of checklists. I know Ed has come to us with some of the checklists that he's used in paper over the years. We've kind of curated them into a digital format. We're continuing this process to take kind of like the perspective that uh, they're bringing to the forefront here and digitizing it and 
it's really kind of like the Quinn, uh, the uh, Shin quality process that is being put into place here. So it's going to be more and more available in easier and easier ways for builders to actually uh, implement a good quality process for their companies. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Solid. <laughs> Yes, Thank you. As, a, as opposed to everybody creating their own checklist and are kind of guiding them through the process, it's going to be really nice to have templates that we can we can have uh, that are electronic. Yeah. Well, I don't want to have any more questions, but I do want to thank all of you for joining us today. Um, I'm going to go through a couple things, but I want to close out this section of the of the call by um, emphasizing how important checklists have been in helping Jeremy get through the quality issues that they, well, improving quality. I wouldn't say quality issues. I'll say improving quality um, throughout the last few years that he's been doing that and really focusing in on where improvements need to be made and the communication and the transparency he's had, not only with his trades and his employees, but also with his customers. So you can see how checklists really do make a difference in your organization. So I want to thank you guys for sharing on that. Um, just want to keep you up to date on future webinars. We have a webinar coming up on October 25th that's going to be per, uh, presented by Permit Flow. They're going to do a case study on permitting. I know that's an easy process for everyone, right? Okay. <laughs> um, a little tongue in cheek there. And then coming soon, we're finalizing a date. We're going to be doing a um, another Builder of Choice uh, episode with Lita Dirks. Um, we're actually meeting with her to finalize date and topic, but that one we're looking at doing designing your homes with your customer's budget in mind. I feel like that might be a very timely topic right now to make sure that we're building um, homes that everybody can afford, right? Or that our buyers can afford at least. Um, and also remind you that we have rebates, our rebate program that's available to you. Um, if you have any questions on that, please contact us directly. We have our online training, live classes, webinars, and on-demand training, our consulting available, um, surveys and builder groups, which I call uh, builder support groups. Um, that And that's actually where um, Jeremy first shared his passion for checklists. That's why I asked him to join us today. <laughs> um, upcoming seminars. We have our last in-person seminar of 2023 coming up in November 8th through the 10th in Denver for our production management seminar. Um, and then in the first quarter of next year, we have the art of purchasing, superintendent's job, managing for profit, and scheduling for profit. So hope to see you guys there. Um, if you're using, I mentioned earlier, we do uh, with Builder Partnerships, we have a rebate program. Please take a look at this list. If you're using any of these companies, contact us and we can help you with your rebate program. It's super simple. Um, we have our two uh, relationship managers that can assist you at any time to get those taken care of. And finally, just a quick thank you. If you have any questions on anything that we talked about today, of course, Ed and myself are always available to you. And then we also have Ed. Um, if you have questions regarding FTQ 360, you can contact Ed or JC. So with that, thank you all so much for joining us today. I appreciate it for another um, Builder of Choice webinar. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Ed, it was great to see you.